Hello and welcome to a very special episode of ED's COP26 covered podcast and a very different episode as well. So no funky intro music, I'm sure many of you will be pleased to hear. No Matt and Sarah, they're still on the train back down south from Glasgow. Uh, And unfortunately, no tour of Glasgow's climate action story, which I may have promised you yesterday. I won't bore you with the details as to why, but after a bit of a crazy day of confusion over hotel rooms and some lost luggage, I'm pleased to say that I am still here, alive and well, with all of my luggage uh, in a hotel in Glasgow city centre, albeit a room now without a window, which already feels a bit like a weird social experiment. But anyway, uh, while all of that's gone on, the good news is we still have an episode of the show to bring you now. And in fact, even though this is just a five-minute episode, I think this will probably be the most important and most inspiring five minutes of your week. Because at the very end of the first week of COP26, I was able to grab five minutes with Paul Pullman. He's a man that probably needs no introductions, but Paul's the former Unilever CEO and now co-founder of the Sustainability Foundation Imagine. Paul's also just authored a new book called Net Positive, which is uh, sat right next to me as we speak, really is a must read for anyone in business. And so, as we enter a a crucial second and final week of COP26, I asked Paul what he made of week one and what his advice is for businesses who are looking to turn these global ambitions of COP into tangible climate actions. Now, before playing the interview, I should mention that this was originally recorded as a video interview, which you can view right now on the ED website. It will be on the homepage when this podcast airs, or you can just search Paul Pullman on our site. So hopefully this chat sets you up for a positive and and stubbornly optimistic week ahead. Uh, And we'll be back tomorrow with a full episode of COP26 covered with the usual daily roundup, some special guests, uh, and I'll see if I can get hold of Matt and Sarah. So I'll leave you to enjoy the words of Paul Pullman. Goodbye. Okay, hello from our favourite place, the Action Zone, here at COP26, uh, and I'm delighted I've just sprung upon Paul Pullman, the former CEO of Unilever, and Paul is meeting many people here in the Action Zone. Tell us, the first week almost we've had now of COP26, what are your kind of key reflections, any sort of standout announcements, has it been a good COP, bad COP? No, I think we've seen some uh, great announcements, if you go back to before COVID, only a year and a half ago. People were worried that the world wouldn't align on the one and a half degrees, that we would deprioritize climate change because of COVID, and that the business community would shrink back to just making profit and keeping their business alive short term. Fast forward a year and a half, we've moved 20% of the governments from net zero to about 90% of the governments making net zero commitments. Basically, uh, the Indian announcement the other day, the Chinese announcement, the Russians coming in, uh, Turkey joining now, even the tougher countries. Uh, This is tremendous. We've seen the finance community now moving very fast as they discover the enormous opportunities that are in this transition. Over $130 trillion of money under management has now made a commitment to be net zero. And we have seen in this uh, summit that uh, it's not only about an energy transition, but also that we need to get the nature-based solutions in there. 30% of the problem, but also 30% of the solution can be done much faster. And you've seen some tremendous announcements there. So the, the top line is that for the first time, we really see a bending of the curve. We see an acceleration of the plans being implemented. And we really have a real shot to get to the one and a half degrees. And this is really the moment. What's the flip side that we need to work on? I think there's a high skepticism from the public at large, and rightfully so, if we're really going to do this. Is this blah, 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 or is this action, action, action? And this uh, COP is all about ambition, 
action and accountability. So we need to focus now on translating these uh, commitments into action. That's why I was very pleased that we got the launch of the Sustainable Standard Board, uh, that we're now looking at science-based targets for nature and all the other things. Uh, the second thing is really managing expectations. Whilst we are doing quite a lot versus what we did before, it is by no means enough. We need to go seven times faster on, on wind or solar, 20 times faster on electric vehicles. And I don't think we have fully communicated to the public at large yet, nor the business community, that this is a first step in an acceleration that needs to take place. And you mentioned, is this blah, 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 or action, action, action. How do businesses turn these global ambitions into local sustainability actions? What's your kind of key message for businesses and for our audience of sustainability professionals? Well, the good thing now is that smart businesses understand this. What COVID has shown is that we don't have healthy people on an unhealthy planet and that we can't have infinite growth on a finite planet and anything you can do infinitely is by definition unsustainable. And the smart businesses have seen the enormous costs we have paid for COVID, for example, versus the lower and more efficient uh, investments that need to be made to avoid these issues in the first place. So increasingly we can see that the forward-thinking companies are not only positioning themselves well with their right products, but they're also finding out that it's actually good business in the first place and uh, are more profitable and, and more resilient as a, as a result. You see the bifurcation happening in fossil fuel between the ones that make the transition that don't. In the car industry, the laggers and the leaders, and that's true in every uh, industry now. So it's not anymore too much time being spent on convincing people why to do it. Uh, the ones that do, I think, are better positioned for a profitable future. The ones that don't, I think, are heading to the graveyard of dinosaurs, and that's not very clear. What we have seen on a macro level, um, looking at the uh, value of companies, is that companies that more aggressively attack these negative externalities are now also being higher valued by the financial community, which means that some of these things that we call non-material are actually already material. And this is a, a very important data point to show that really we need to continue on this trajectory and, and the ones that lead that once more will do better. And frankly, the alternative is no choice. We don't have another choice. Uh, Paul, <clears throat> two questions, two fantastically insightful answers. Um, I know that you've got a meeting just now, so I'll, I'll let you go. Uh, it's, it's all about action, action, action. And uh, no, what better place to be than in the action zone here at COP26 talking all about it. So thank you very much. No, thank you.